We are continuing today, Mesilas Yisharmin, Perek Yutas, Chapter 19. The Ramchal writes as follows, Ashlishi, The third aspect, remember again, the Ramchal explained that there are three parts to love, three anfeya ava, three appendages or three branches of love, tveikus, clinging, simcha, joy, and now we come to kino. What's kino? That a person literally, again, should be mekaneim. Now, mekaneim in this context means a zealot. Now, let's explain what this means. Normally, zealotry has a, a, almost like a violent connotation to it. That's, of course, not what the Ramchal is referring to over here. So what does it mean when he says non-violent kanos? He means, Kanos means that when one sees something, well, literally translated, it means one hates those who hates Hashem, and one try one one or one hates those who hate the Ribbon Shalom, and he tries to the best of his ability to subvert them in order that the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu could become primary and paramount. We'll explain that in just a moment. So again, he gives different examples from Davin HaMelech, from Elio. Now listen to this. Now, the truth is here, he happens to be quoting the example of Pinchas. So Pinchas ultimately, again, was called a Kanoi, because remember, again, Pinchas saw Chil Hashem. Pinchas saw actions occurring, which were a desecration of Hashem's name. Pinchas did not stand idly by. Instead, he did something about it. So the point that the Ramchal is, what is, what is, what, what is Kino? So Kino means that when I see something that is wrong, and more specifically, when I see something that is in a front to the dignity, to the honor of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I don't simply stand idly by and watch the desecration occur. Instead, I take a stand. I take a stand. Now, what does it mean to take a stand? So he gives an example here. He says, For example, let's say I see someone doing or some group of people doing something wrong. And the, the, the behavior that they're engaged in is a religious or spiritual or theological affront to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So if I have the ability to say something, I have the ability to object, I have the ability to make a stand, and I don't do so, the Gemara says, or excuse me, yeah, the Gemara says that ultimately failure to take a stand ultimately is the equivalent of engaging in the sinful behavior yourself. That says, that literally again, when speaking about the elders of Yerushalayim, right before the destruction of the base Hamikdash, so they're, they're literally again, their princes were like Ayalim, were like, were like deer. Just like deer in a time of drought or in a time of heat, they turned their heads to one another. So apparently, again, the quotes over here from the Medrashan Echarabah that before the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, there was a fundamental failure in leadership. What was the fundamental failure in leadership? That leadership saw people doing something wrong, but did absolutely nothing to address it. So you see something amazing over here that what Kanoa says to be a Kanoi means to what we'll call be a, have, be, be a zealot. What do you mean to be a zealot? 
I don't stand idly by when something wrong is occurring. I don't stand idly by when something that is a clearly an egregious affront to HaKadosh Baruch was unfolding. I don't remain silent. Now again, the application of this concept to life is sometimes so complicated because to know when to say something, when to object, how to object, to whom to object, who, who is it appropriate to, to, to lodge the objection. So remember again, these are very delicate and serious matters that have to be approached with, with an incredible amount of thoughtfulness. But we're talking in a general sense of here. Remember again, he says, Kanos is a Pasha thing. When you love someone and you see them being mistreated, you can't remain silent. Right, God forbid, I see someone mistreating my spouse, my children, my friend, my parents, my sibling. I can't stay silent. Why? Because I love you so much that I cannot bear the thought. I cannot bear the thought of you going ahead and being mistreated. I have to do something. The same applies to Hashem. If I love HaKadosh Baruch Hu so much, I can't stand the possibility of thinking that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is being mistreated through terrible, erroneous, inappropriate behavior and I'm standing here or sitting here and doing nothing. I have to respond. I have to react. Those who praise the wicked in their wicked behavior, and do not give any rebuke to the wicked for their erroneous behavior. So failure to rebuke the wicked, failure, failure to call out the wicked on their egregious behavior essentially puts you in the same camp as those who are committing these same egregious acts. Silence is, is silence is complicit. Being being silent is being complicit with whatever it is that is occurring. But those who care about Torah, those who observe Torah, those who want to bolster Torah, will have to react when they see a desecration. They will be unable to hold themselves back and to be silent. Again, it comes from Eov. This is the essence of love. So again, he says, what is love? Love means that when I see someone, when I see someone who I love or something that I love being disparaged or hurt, I have to respond. I have to respond. I cannot sit, sit idly by and watch those terrible things happen to someone who I love. Therefore, says Diram Chal, the third appendage of love when it comes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Kanos, is this zealotry, that I love Hashem so much, and therefore when I see something inappropriate happening, so to speak, to the dignity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I see people acting in an inappropriate way. I see inappropriate things occurring. I feel the need to react. Why? Because my HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who I love so much, is being trampled upon. This is Kanos. Now, of course, again, now we know the concept, but as I mentioned before, the application of this concept is very interesting. You know, when we think about it in society now, we very much are greater society. We're in like this mindset of live and let live. And, and th- there's, there's merit to that to a certain degree. In other words, especially as Jews in Galos, Jews in Diaspora, you know, the notion of live and let live works well for us. You know, we kind of don't interfere in the way that other people live and people don't interfere in the way that we live. 
But yet it's interesting that when we see certain things which represent the moral decay of society, when we see certain things that are just an affront to the basic fundamentals of, of, of just HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in this world, when we see things that are just a basic affront to morality, to human dignity, we are obligated to speak up. We are obligated to say something. Now again, when we should say something, how we should say something, to whom we should say something. So these are things that have to really be thought about extensively and handled very delicately. You know, Kanos, like I said, when I started on the Shia, like Kanos, you have a thing about Pinchas, and Pinchas was absolutely justified in what he did. Baharaya, the proof to that is, he received the bracha from HaKadosh Baruch but we're not Pinchas. We're not Pinchas. And as such, again, we always have to be careful how to express that religious zealotry in a dignified, bakavadic manner. You know, in the, in, the, in the effort to preserve the dignity of God, we have to be very careful not to trample on the dignity of others as well. So it is this very fine balance. But it is this beautiful idea that when you love someone or something so much, in this context, when you love HaKadosh Baruch Hu so much, I can't bear the thought of seeing my God trampled upon, and therefore, by definition, I have to react in order to maintain the dignity, the covet of my beloved Ribbono Shalom. We'll stop over here for today. Shkoyach, everyone.